This is a very special episode of Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast, because all three of us are in the same room at the same time. Today, we actually hung out at the sets of Riverdale uh, as they were filming the season finale. Um, I don't even... I think we saw the name of the episode while in the production office, but I've already forgotten what it was. So... Instead, we're just going to talk about episode three, which aired today. Uh, That one was called Chapter Three, Body Double, and there were some bodies that we saw. Um, Why don't you two introduce yourself? I'm Craig Byrne, of course, and... I'm Russ Burlingame from comicbook.com. I'm uh, Chris Hayner from Screener at ScreenerTV.com, formerly Zap2It, a subsidiary of Tribune Media. And I should also warn that we haven't got as much sleep as usual, and being on set all day, we're a little tired. Are you so, kidding me? I feel great. I got $4 Diet Coke. You got $4 Diet Coke. Well, either way, it's going to be a shorter show than usual. So, uh, the two of you start, uh, how much fun did you have today? Oh, I, I, this is the second time we've been to the Riverdale sets, and I, I love the Riverdale sets almost as much as I love Riverdale. I would agree. I had a fantastic time. I got to ask all of my stupid, nerdy questions that I've been wondering about that we can't talk about yet because people haven't seen the episodes yet, but holy shit, there's some stuff going down soon, and we got to talk about all of it. Mm -hmm. I should also add that we were able to see episodes 5, 6, and 7 today. Um, Chris has actually finished episode 7, Russ and I haven't yet, but either way that means we crazy, guys, the aliens show up. I know. Oof. The aliens killed Jason Blossom. No. Weirdly enough, he was an alien. Oh, yeah. Shh. Well, either way, um, the show continues to be really good, and since we're seeing them early, that means we'll be able to put out podcasts on a timely manner more often, hopefully. So, first off, I wanted to talk, for tonight's episode, I wanted to talk about Alice Cooper's weird thoughts of journalism, where she can just trash Jason on the front page and... Betty's not really a fond of that, is she? Fake news! Sensationalist media is ruining our country! I was really disappointed in Alice Cooper. <laughs> she, gives, she gives people... She, like, we're all... Listen, we're all journalists, the three of us. She gives yeah. people, like us a horrible name. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's, and it's the, it, the thing that kills me about shows like this is that, like, when you see that, it's just like... It kind of it, it builds into that narrative that like the media is evil, and I get it because Alice Cooper's kind of all kinds of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why we have Betty, who's gonna make the media better, make it great again. Yes, who but is also as we will <laughs> go on to learn, kind of all kinds of fucked up. Two what did you think, right? Two F-bombs in the first five minutes. Sorry, bro. No, um, I actually, I thought that was kind of cool because it kind of set up the blue and gold in yeah. the world of Riverdale with Betty um, being her own personal Chloe Sullivan of this era. Can I... Complete with a wall of weird. It's true. Can, <laughs> so, the blue and gold, we, one of the places we got to see today were the offices of blue and gold. I don't know about you guys, when my school newspaper covered very school-centric things, yeah. when we looked at the, the, if you look at the wall, 
in the blue and gold office, they have old issues framed, and it's like, Eisenhower dies. Like, things you would not expect to see in your everyday school newspaper. I thought that was kind of funny. I think what they did is they probably bought stock newspapers and slapped a new logo. What, What I noticed on the sets of the blue and gold is the computers they used were ones I had in the early 90s at my high school newspaper. So I was kind of amused. Uh, but I like this because it also put Jughead into there and a bit more. Having him work with Betty, having him investigate. And, of course, you know, um, it brought out some really great scenes between him and characters like Dilton later in the episode. And we'll get to that as well. I'm, I am very happy that uh, Jughead is... T- Jughead is clearly the narrator of our, of our story. And the story is about a town. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that yet. But Jughead is clearly the narrator of this story, but he's been kind of doing it, for the most part, on the outskirts of everything. And now he's kind of dragged right into the middle of it. So, this episode, we get to meet a few more major characters from the Archie Comics canon. We get to meet Chuck Clayton. Well, I think we've seen Chuck, maybe in a group scene. Yeah, I think so. And he's a big douchebag. Nancy would not be happy with With Chuck right now. a lot of ads. These teenagers, man. Listen, I went to high school... None of the kids I went to high school with had abs like any of these teenagers. Even Jughead. Like, well, that's a spoiler. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. You just got spoiled to episode Something. seven. See, you got an exclusive spoiler on here, and publicity will probably kill us, but yes. You're saying that Jughead's abs are going to be on display? Yes. Jughead's abs are going to be on display. Tune in March 21st or whenever episode seven airs, and... That's not March 21st, because that's the... Flash Supergirl musical crossover. Okay, March 24th. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, for your birthday, you get shirtless Jughead in the shower. Oh, oh spoiler again. Okay. Um, You're s- bad at this. No, I'm no, I'm purposely like throwing spoilers so people have a reason to listen. And you guys need to leave comments and be awesome. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, and we also met um, Ethel Muggs. Also known as Barb from Stranger Things, Shannon, Shannon Purser. Purser. She's great. I re- listen. I was I was one of those assholes on Twitter who was like, "Justice for Barb." We were loud and obnoxious, and that's fine. I really enjoy her as Ethel, though, and I think that's kind of a cool character to throw into the mix of the the core four and the Cheryls and the mm-hmm. Kev- not enough Kevin. No, there's still yeah. not enough Kevin. Yeah. I also liked, uh, you know, just the whole message of this episode where it was like the women of the show kind of teamed up against somebody who's a huge asshole. In the process, we might have learned a little more about Jason not being this perfect person. That was kind of a wake-up call for Cheryl, which was nice. You know, it was good well, character development. Well, it was also good for, like, like Archie got good character development in the term in, in the form of Josie and Puskets being like, listen, guy... Your white privilege gives you everything, and we're working our asses off for what we're getting. Yeah, I, I kind of, I like this, the balance they struck with Archie, too, where his immediate response to that was like, because Josie was like, well, you should have seen the hate mail we got when, when my mother was elected mayor, and he's like, oh, no, I know all about that. I campaigned for her. <laughs> That's not the same thing, Archie. Archie is kind of dumb. Like, well, well, he gets grounded, and he's like, Why? That's the the thing I will say. In this crazy, crazy world, Archie is the most realistic of, in terms of being a teenager. He gets grounded and throws a hissy fit. He's a 16-year-old kid who's only thinking with his hormones. 
he doesn't understand when things aren't easily just about him. Like he's yeah. he's very he's very teen boy centric. Like it it makes perfect sense, and it, it's it's amplified because he's in this crazy world where it's a lot of not teenage stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so we had that. We had the sticky maple. Ugh. Which was a way people would um, humiliate people, and we had that. Don't book. don't Google sticky maple. It's a real thing, and it's disgusting. And apparently, it also um, at one point was possibly going to be a pearl necklace on the show. Yeah, that was. I think they said that was in like the original the initial script. Yeah, right? what, what what Camila said was that that was the original plan. It was deemed too kind of gross because people could easily search it and find out what it was. And then, and then they, they invented something. And it's even worse. Yeah. And well, then they didn't... Like, I don't know if either of you looked it up online. No. It's disgusting. Like, it's awful. Well, if you Google search for Archie Comics issue 271, you will see a time when Veronica was expecting her pearl necklace. So, I mean, there is precedence for this in the history of Archie Comics. I think she wanted an actual necklace. Like the one she wears all the time. Pearls. That's true, you probably. Monster. I'm a monster, yeah. So, I kind of want to see the Riverdale version of, uh, of, of Veronica with her pearl necklace in The Simpsons, because she could just pearl necklace it up with Lisa. <laughs> so, you know, Cheryl hooked Archie up with Josie and the Pussycats, uh, got to help we, him write a song. Oh, uh, we, like, when Cheryl, like, called, like, or no, when Josie called and was like, you're lucky my girl Cheryl... Called him this favor, and I'd do anything for. Her. I want to see that friendship so much more. Oh, I know. I'm I actually, dying for it. Can we just go backwards a little bit? Because yes. like I love the scene where Cheryl was. Um, I'll do anything for you, Archie. Anything except my body. It's like, that feels like a, that feels like something they tacked for on late in the like. That feels like something that was tacked on after the script was written. Yeah. Because the way she's acting toward him is anything, and it's just like, but my body. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very it's It probably, very honestly, I mean, it, it was played for laughs because, like, it's like anything, anything, and then the thing he asked for is, like, a mundane and totally reasonable favor. Yeah, because um, he's Archie. <laughs> but, like, but I think you might, you might be right. They might have tacked on the except for my body because, like, this is an episode that's all about female empowerment, and you didn't want it to feel like she right. was... Um, but unfortunately, I almost feel like it steps on the punchline a little bit because having the but not my body means that the anything, anything at all gets kind of like, yeah. you know. But it's also very Cheryl. Like she, oh, the, yeah. the way Madeline delivers the lines in this episode, and there's actually, and, and she, my favorite line reading is Veronica in this one. But like the way Madeline delivers her lines is insane, and I mm. love it so much. What it, was it exactly that Veronica said about Chuck Clayton's name? It was like just she was a, like, like so she was like I I will not be slut shamed, especially by someone named Excuse me, Chuck Clayton. Yeah, <laughs> like that's brilliant. Like just yeah. the way just the way it came out of her mouth was perfect. And you know, also you know, especially after being around the cast today, I'm just amazed. That, you know, in this show, I don't feel like there's a weak link in the cast, mm-hmm. which really helps. They all bring their A-game. You know, Madeline, uh, Camila, any of them. It's just... Lily's really, Lily, Lily, Lily has some amazing stuff this week, yeah. Yeah. 
And um, I liked that Archie got to interact with Pussycat, so I got to lead this some more with Valerie and Melody, who mm-hmm. we met tonight, um, Asha and Haley, and they're both amazing people. Mm-hmm. It's true. I really liked talking to them. They were pretty cool. And, we and they're, had... they're all ridiculous singers. It, yeah. As someone who's not, it's annoying to be around talented people. And There's too many yeah. of them on this cast. I know. So we also got to see Archie. We, I kind of we kind of brought this up earlier, but Archie got grounded, and he was kind of like a little one bitch about it. Like this, this is this is my take on the scene. Luke Perry, Dylan McKay is like Archie. You, you kind of witnessed a murder and didn't bother to tell me, so you're grounded for two weeks. First of all, two weeks is not very long for that kind of thing, and he's like. Oh, how dare you, Dad? He throws such a hissy fit like a child, which is what I would expect him to do. It's just so funny to see yeah. in a town where, like, what he's getting grounded for is maybe witnessing a murder yeah. and not reporting it. Also, and what he's not telling his dad is, like, also I was banging my teacher at that time. Yeah. Also, the scenes with uh, Luke Perry, uh, his father, Fred meeting Miss Grundy were kind of hilarious. Especially oh, when he's like, yeah. yeah, they didn't have teachers like that back in my day. And Archie's probably thinking, yes. So He wasn't born yet. So Fred was definitely trying to get some business going with Miss Grundy, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, he was definitely okay. maximized there, yeah. yeah. yeah it and turns it... out his kids... Oh, God. It's very oh, soapy. Fred. But, you know, I did feel in a way that this episode, more than many of the others that we've seen, felt pretty self-contained. In the whole story about getting yeah, it was, back to yeah, Chuck. Was, yeah, the Chuck. But but at the same time, that storyline, when they yeah. did get back at Chuck, opened up a whole new avenue for Ben. Yeah. Which I loved. I mean, it was very well done. Um, can, can we just mention, uh, and, and we know this is not the case for a variety of reasons, but I think after watching this episode in a vacuum, there will be people who have the, is Polly a, uh, a figment of, Betty's imagination. Betty's imagination. Well, yeah, so I had that conversation with yeah. a coworker. who were like, it could happen, right? But we know that's not the case because, A, they've cast Polly. <laughs> that mm-hmm. news is out there, and yeah. they've cast Polly. And, B, if it was just Betty's parents that had mentioned Polly around her, sure. Right. But Cheryl has mentioned but Polly Cheryl around her. But Cheryl is really freaking evil. She's like, so how's Polly? It's like asking Bruce Banner how the Hulk is doing. I don't know, man. I don't... I mean, and again, like, you get the thing of, like, okay, so when Chuck Clayton name drops Polly, you could argue that at the beginning of the episode you established that he's new to the football team, so Mm -hmm. maybe he wasn't there when Jason and Polly had their thing. But, like, the fact that Polly's in the playbook, and... Yeah. Yeah. But which how, is, by the way, that isn't that playbook. That's a Veronica. That's a Veronica Mars storyline from college, yes, right? Yeah. I, I think it's a no from the headlines. Yeah. Um, ah, okay. I think that's why you can do it again because it's it's a like yeah. a thing that happened. It's in a, life. it's a, yeah. It's it makes perfect sense to do it as a story. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I thought Lily Reinhardt was amazing as like. The dominatrix, you mean Dark, Dark Betty. Betty? Yeah, and but it was kind of scary. On Dark Betty, I'm not afraid to say it. But it's scary though Crazy because it's like, sh- who would have thought we'd be watching a TV show where Betty Cooper would just go psycho on everybody, so, dress like a dominatrix and try to drown somebody? Yeah, you know, I'm and yeah. So I mean, that I mean, was terrible things about me as a human. <laughs> well, I was actually in, in, to on the same kind of wavelength. I remember while I was watching <clears> it. 
thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm watching an Archie Comics TV show where they just reference the Steubenville rape. That's a thing that just happened. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and now people are Googling Steubenville rape. Anyway, um, we also got to see more of Creepy Dilton Doily, and he had some great scenes with Cole as Jughead. Is he creepy? He's just weird. He's, His whole like yeah. he's he's a, he's a, he's not the he's nerdy a scientist of the comics. He's very into scouts. He has his own scout troop. He's clearly into guns, but I don't know if he's creepy. I mean, he's I mean, I guess he's kind of creepy in a survivalist kind of way. I find those people creepy. I find I find his whole. Stand, I'm going to teach them to stand their ground thing to be, like, super creepy. Oh, it's awful, but, cre- like, it, I don't I don't know if he's a creep. Well, he's a creep. And maybe it's just, maybe it's, like, the line read or, the, like, the expression on his face. I, I also, and I, I joked about this before, but, like, he reminds me, it's, like, the, the, what the log lady would have for a child. Yeah. With the glasses and everything. Yeah. But I, I do appreciate, first of all, just... I love Jughead. Jughead's such an mm-hmm. asshole sometimes. When he he <clears> walks into Pops and just starts eating Dilton Doily's ice cream. No, while that was the other. It was like him. the Junior Scout that he was getting to. Oh, he's really? getting at the Junior Scout. That's right. And he just starts eating his ice cream while interrogating him. I'm like, I mean, Jughead, you're just you're killing the dude's ice cream. And I understand you're getting to the Dilton Doily of it all, but I don't know. But the Hat Showdown. Yeah. Between Dilton and Jughead is great because they both have outrageous hats. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all this pursuit of Dilton brought out some new information. Mm-hmm. Um, he shot a gun for sure. We know mm-hmm. that much. And but he saw seems... something. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Well, but here's here's one thing to add to just put out there, mm-hmm. like because Twin Peaks again going through the, that comparison, they did this a lot in the first few episodes where they just threw out like a million clues, and there's things that when you're watching it for the first time, you're like that has to be important and it never plays in, and I feel like that was the gunshot on Riverdale. It was like we now have a very definitive like this is what the gunshot was, and like it wasn't in anything important, yeah. like because we have like many eyewitnesses, including people who have no reason to lie for this guy. Who can testify to the fact that, like, yeah, he was just teaching us how to shoot. And so, like, all that buildup of three episodes of, like, there was a gunshot! But he's, but Jason was still shot in the head. It's true. So there had to have been a shot somewhere. But he was also, and he was like, tortured. he was tortured, and they found him frozen, <clears throat> and, like, mm. terrible things happened to this guy. Yeah. Wrapped in plastic. <laughs> and, uh, and nobody heard any of that. So, yeah. what's the deal? And also, we didn't write this down in our notes, but the revelation that Cheryl knew where Jason was. Yes. And th- that's what she was guilty of. Um, did we, I mean, we know what was going on, but did we have any speculation at the time of watching this episode? Like, where where was Jason going? What did uh, you think? I, like, I was in the, like, <clears throat> the way it struck me is that he was just going away. Yeah. Like, he yeah. was just getting away from his life in Riverdale. Certainly. And I fully believe because didn't Cheryl didn't Cheryl say like he was supposed to call me after a month to tell me yeah I fully believe he intended to do that but would Jason really leave Cheryl unprotected alone with the parents um I think Cheryl I don't know like I I just thought of that as we're speaking I don't know like unless he had a really good reason I mean I'd think she would be like really alone in that month before or whatever mm-hmm. before he'd contact her so I wonder 
do you think it's possible that like he was going to go set up somewhere and then call for Cheryl? Like, come with me. That's very possible. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Do we have any... Did we have any theories at the I time mean, of which... Oh, sorry. I... Going back to the first time I watched this episode, I, like... I was wondering if he was gonna go look for Polly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a thing that, like... And again, I think part of that is from our, our previous set visit where people had talked a lot about... Like, Cheryl like, and... Polly having a bigger mystery than just being, like, institutionalized. Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, well, there, if there's something going on there, then I wonder if Jason has something to do with whatever it is. Yeah. And so, like, I, I don't know if I... I don't know if that was... Because, again, it's been so long since I watched this the first time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was my main theory, but certainly it was a thing that was in my head at the time, was this notion that, like, well, maybe he's going to look for her, or maybe he's, you know, either to set up with her or to get revenge on her or something. I do know, or I was going to ask if at the time of watching this that you had a theory of who killed Jason. The time I watched this, I think... I think when I watched it's the same this, thing though, as last yeah. week, it's Grundy. I think I was thinking the Coopers at that point. I think for me, actually, this is the episode where I was just like, "What if it's something dose just totally bananas?" Like Betty. And no, I wasn't <laughs> thinking Betty. But what I was thinking was, um, first of all, I think that this episode reopens the question of whether Polly could be involved because, like, again, like as we see Crazy Betty coming out, <clears throat> and we see like this idea that Jason was terrorizing Polly at some point. Like, that certainly opens up the question of, like, okay, so what about that? But, but was also, he terrorizing her? Is that just the Cooper's opinion? Well, the the fact that she was in the playbook casts their relationship in a very negative light. Good point. Um, but the other thing about that to me was, this is the first episode where I was like, what if it's something totally fucking crazy? Like, we're supposed to pay attention to the other names in that playbook. Like... It, 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 well, and for, and for me, though, what this episode did is it... Like, so, Lily has been very vocal about how her version of Betty is portrayed. It's a, it's a teenager with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's it's a good thing to portray because there are a lot of teenagers out there dealing with that sort of thing. But at the same time, I also thought, like, clearly she's having these moments where she doesn't necessarily remember doing things. Mm-hmm. Like, she, after, after Sticky Mapling uh, Chuck... She doesn't remember say she doesn't remember thinking she was Paul. Or was she lying about that? Yeah, I couldn't That's quite the thing. Tell. We can't quite tell and what that leads me to think is like if she did, if she legit does not remember is killing someone something she might not remember. Mm-hmm. Like it that like I don't I don't think Betty did it. But this episode did no favors in casting right. doubt on the fact. Would we have ever thought? Which is kind of what I was really saying about Polly. Like, yeah. I don't think Polly did it, but I think that like this episode opens that door back up in yeah. a way that I thought was closed. Did we ever think we'd be having the discussion that Betty Cooper could have killed anyone? Well, I mean, I have it all the time. But yeah. Um, Why? Who do you think did it, Craig? I think I was thinking it was one of the Coopers, one of the parents. Which one? Probably Alice, because she's psycho. Also, we need to discuss Alice just slapping Hermione and calling her daughter a slut. Yeah. That was really kind of nasty. Alice is awful. <clears throat> Wait, did Alice slap Hermione? Yeah, didn't No, she? no. Uh, what's her name? Cheryl Blossom's mother slapped Alice. Oh, is Alice. that from a later episode? Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm getting... 
Al is so yeah. awful. Al, Al Which is... her saying that to Hermione was kind oh, of Oh, yeah, like, that, like... Yeah, that's what happened to and I, daughter's I feel like <laughs> I feel like part of that was just that she's a terrible person, and I think feel like part of it was her trying to reassert herself as, like, an alpha after having been embarrassed by um, Penelope. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why I got that... Which that actually so is kind of a, like... It's funny because it's almost a kind of a recurring motif on the show because when we talked to um, Madeline today, that was one of the things that she said about Cheryl is that, like, she doesn't think that her, her character really seeks out to be the center of attention. She thinks that, like, because she is so trod upon, because nobody likes her, that she has to kind of make herself the alpha uh, in order to, like, as a, as a defense mechanism. Mm. And so it's interesting to see that kind of play out in the adults, too, uh, and especially for it to be, for uh, Cheryl's mother to be the one doing the slapping in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not, I think we discussed all there is to discuss about episode three. Did we talk about Jughead? We did talk about Jughead did and him following Jughead. the truth. And um, I love the beat where he and Archie are up on the... Um, up on the balcony, yeah. like, hiding out during the... Yeah, what, like, Jughead is a real creep. Like, <laughs> I love Jughead, but he's just, like, hanging out in the rafters at the, at the yeah. celebration. And then he's like, I gotta go interview, I gotta go, like, I gotta go annoy a boy scout. I gotta go. Yeah. Like, it's like, what are you doing? But, I, but like, I, I love, I, I, and this is kind of an overall thing for the show, I love the narration, and I mm. love... The way they have Jughead's uh, Cole Sprouse's voiceover sort of frame everything that's happening. Like at the at the at, it was at the very end of this one. <clears throat> Wait, how did this one end? I this is the I one that forgot. ends with him his monologue about how he would do anything for Archie, but oh, now but that, now it's out of his hands. Yeah, because well, that's we should probably elaborate just a little bit, like because we talked in general terms about what happened in the blue and the gold, but this is the one where Dilton literally says to them, like, "I saw Miss Grundy's car at the lake on she the Fourth of July." There. And that means Jughead and, put it together. Well, no, no Jughead, Jughead already knew. knew but, I mean, he knew everything. But, but, well, I think he knew before. Oh, yeah. Because he t- but, but there's but, no way, there's no keeping it under wraps. Yeah, now. and no exactly. keeping it from Betty. Especially because Betty knows Archie was there, and now Betty knows Grundy was there. And right. And it's also, not hard to put two and two together. Right. Especially and, knowing Archie. And with Archie, it becomes the other, th- the other thing of, like, now he's in a worse position than he was before because, like, again, he's lied to the cops. Like, in the first time, he was withholding information from the cops, but he hadn't actually lied. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, well, I, he, you, he said that he was up there with Vegas. Like, and when yeah. somebody asked him if he was alone, he's like, no. And they said, oh, who was with you? Uh, my dog, Vegas. And so, like, now it's that thing of, like, you're actually, like, okay, you've, you've obstructed this investigation now. Yeah. Um. <coughs> and helped hide the murderer because Grundy did it. Just saying. It wasn't Grundy. Wasn't it, though? But what if it wasn't? But what if it was? <laughs> so, That's all I got. Yeah, well, um, beyond all that, though, like, what were your biggest takeaways from today? Like, Alice is the worst. Uh, well, I meant our day on set. Oh, on set, Alice is the worst. No, um, I'm excited to see the sort of investigative journalism partnership between Jughead and Betty, like, evolve. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and Archie has a broken hand of some sort and thing. We can say that now because KJ's been Instagramming photos of himself wearing his cast. Well, he also said and he also said it wasn't from Reggie. Uh, well, I thought he said it wasn't story. I thought yeah, he said it was just I mean. he hurt himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then maybe Archie doesn't have a broken hand. I did notice they installed a zipper on the back of his uh, varsity jacket nice. so the cast could fit in. Nice. Uh, I well, want one of those jackets. I know. Well, I really do. But Hot Topic will probably have them in a year. Yeah, I actually tweeted at Hot Topic last week. I was like, why does why do they have no Archie Comics merchandise at Hot Topic? Are they secretly run by Reggie or something? Oh, boy. <laughs> and they actually said something like, we'll see what we can do or something nice. along those lines. But... Um, yeah, my big takeaway from today, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of them, but one of the big takeaways from today is apparently episode 10 is Banana Pants. Oh my god, yeah. Because, like, everybody want like, you know, KJ said it was his favorite. Nobody else went quite that far, but everybody, when it came up, were like, oh, that episode! I loved that line tonight where uh, Cheryl said something was like bananas or something, which yeah. is very not a Cheryl Blossom thing to say, but no. it was kind of amazing coming from her. Yeah, she's talking okay. about she hashtag things, too. Yeah. Yes. Which was also fun. Yeah. Uh, By the way, the, uh, the my, hashtag justice for Ethel is yeah, was a nice little touch. Yeah, very much so. My other takeaway from obviously interviewing the cast today is I think Cole Sprouse could talk about Jughead for an entire day and not get boring. I'm He's into it. He really knows his character in the show. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, today, you know, it was a great day today. Um, I had a lot of fun meeting certain cast members we hadn't met before. Um, yeah, Kate, I don't think it's a spoiler yeah. to say we like we got to meet the other Pussycats. We got to meet... Um, Caitlin, who plays Jason Blossom. And Jason yeah, Blossom and was Jason on the Blossom. shuttle with us. Trevor's a good dude. Yeah, I'm bugging him to do the podcast since mm. he's in L.A. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, they're all good people. Um, really nice cast members and pretty mm. down-to-earth. So... And we got to participate in a live tweet with them, which... It's really funny to see how defensive they are over their characters. Like, you know, like, like don't you do that to Cheryl Blossom or, you know, yeah. whatever. I like the fact that uh, Jason's response to Jason being in the playbook was like, oh, it's slander. It's true. So, yeah, we hung out with the ghost of Jason because Jason is clearly not a real... Not really alive. He's dead. Very dead. Yeah, very dead. So, um, this was the shortest Archie Digest podcast. It's definitely not a double digest, maybe like a quarter digest. But in any event, thanks for listening again, and please leave comments on archiedigest.podbean.com or on the KSI TV post where I put it up, or on our Facebook page, which is where, Russ? It's, uh, you just look for Archie you look for Archie, Archie Digest or Riverdale Podcast. I can't remember what I ended up using. I think it's Archie Digest. I think it's Facebook.com slash Archie Digest Podcast. So, um, yeah, again, I'm Craig at TV or at Riverdale TV on Twitter. Oh, I'm Chris Hanner. You can find me at, writing about nerdy shit at StreamerTV.com, at Chris Hanner on Twitter and Instagram, or at Waterworld Photos on Instagram. I'm going to talk about that forever. And I'm Russ Berlingame from comicbook.com. You can find me at uh, the Emerald City Video Podcast at, at ECV underscore podcast or at, at Russ Berlingame. And do you ever do like drunk ask me anythings on that podcast account? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've decided I think we need to do a drunk episode of the Archie Digest maybe for the season finale. No.
Our our most our most recent episode of Emerald City Video is super drunk to the point where I uh, at one point about twenty minutes in disappear and don't come for, come back for a long time because I had to go spend some time in the bathroom. Alrighty then. I mean, I meant if we could record it at Dave and Buster's. Yeah, but so then there would be a lot of background to go play noise. Ball. I don't care. Yeah, I just want a reason to go to Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's is fun. I agree. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. For... Can I can I just say? Okay, I think it's important that we reiterate what what we're doing here. Oh. This is a podcast about a story about a town. That's true. It is. That's all I got. With lots of secrets. It's true. So yes, thank you for listening to the RT Digest, a podcast about a story about a town. <laughs> we really should get cold and narrate the podcast. Oh my god. He'd be like, this is the story of three middle-aged men who talk about this town. For too long. For way too long. Anyway, we've gone on a tangent. So thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. Riverdale. <laughs>